My name is John Chaffin. I am an employee of BNSF Railway Company. The thoughts and opinions expressed are mine and do not necessarily represent the views of BNSF. I am not an official representative for the company nor do I speak on their behalf. Prior approval was requested and granted through the company's Corporate Relations Department in compliance with BNSF's social media policy. Now, enough with the bullshit. Let's get down to business. guys everybody tonight so we've been working behind the scenes because we all know last live stream uh, for lack of a better term it was a train wreck guys and it wasn't just a little ooh, i went over the switch that that was train wreck well good news is i've been working bill's been working and we got some things sorted out um so they're much more organized and less of a train wreck show so we're going to go over a few things real, real quick and then we're going to get bill on here talk about the who what, what when and why remember guys the tro is still in effect it's going to be in effect that extended that's not necessarily a bad deal we're going to cover that topic bill and i on why it's not a bad deal why this is actually a positive thing and let's keep our heads screwed on straight so guys last night was the first night in a long time i have either not been on a train or been somewhere i could make a union meeting much less a home meeting here in amarillo and i gotta tell you it was pretty um we we had some fra guys we had gregory hines there from smart td he's national you know legislative guy that's up there in washington dc doing a bunch of work good to actually get up there and talk to a bunch of these guys and ask you know we got to ask some really tough questions and excuse me got to ask some really really tough questions and even though some things got a little bit it was cool to watch the whole dynamics of everything and how um it was still constructive you know a lot of people are upset a lot of people are scared i mean some people are just flat out pissed and some people have given up and you know what all of those things i can't i can't really blame them I mean, this is a lot going on, guys. This, this isn't just about railroads, about our families. And so I'm hoping to bring, you know, Bill and I are going to get some information out here. Um, so thanks for Bill for coming out here. And we're going to get him on here in a minute. Um, I just wanted to cover a few things. One of those being, I have had some people reach out and be like, well, I know you have Bill on here, but shouldn't you get so-and-so or shouldn't you get so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Guys, I've reached out to a whole lot of people. And very few people have actually gotten back to me. Okay. Um, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to be dictated on who comes on the show and whatnot. If so, someone's come on here and be positive 
and has some legal, you know, experience, work experience, something like that to help shed light. Guys, remember, these are people's personal opinions and thoughts. Myself and anybody that comes up here pretty much isn't going to have any insider information. And if they do, they're going to be playing their cards close to the chest. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to get the game book, the playbook out to the enemy. So with that said, please keep that in mind that anybody contributing to these streams is so of their own free time, of own goodwill. I've talked to them plenty of times, anybody that's interested in doing this behind the scenes to make sure they be what I feel a positive influence for everything that's going on. So guys, please keep that in mind. I do want to point something out here. Um, I want, I want to give a shout out to BLET national guys. If you, if you guys are BLET and you haven't seen it yet, BLET gave their entire, uh, webpage as of, uh, of, as of the seventh, they launched this new webpage and I'm telling you, man, this is a big deal. One man, it looks slick. I got to tell you that other one looked like it was still stuck in some kind of eight bit windows 95 era HTML coding. That was just horrendous. You couldn't find anything on that thing. I mean, it's packed full of information, but you can't find anything. It's hard to navigate. And this right here, I'm telling you guys, I, I've been playing around with this website for a good couple of hours today, and I'm not a BLET member, so I don't know what it looks like, by, you know, in the in the members area. But it is so much easier to locate, like right here, right here on the front page, you know, BLET news. And President Pierce has stated uh, on on a, a uh, on the statement here about the new website that they've added more than twenty years of BLET news flashes and rail industry has been moved from the old website to this new one. Guys, that's a lot of work. I've done migrations for a website before. It's not a point and click deal, especially when you go over to something this that has clean formatting across all devices. I mean, it, it, it's a big deal. It's a time-consuming deal. So this was a big undertaking. And I'm telling you right now, you guys have mentioned and had a bunch of complaints about the website. I've mentioned it before. This is a big deal. And I, I just want to, you know, give a shout out to the guys over there, BLET, that made this happen. Uh, you guys wanted easier to find news, communications, things like that. Guys. They, they, they listened and they answered. So that's, I'm, I'm telling you, that's, that's pretty, pretty daggum cool. So we, uh, I want to cover something real quick and then I'm going to get Bill on here. So yesterday, BNSF lawyers introduced something in this on the eighth. Okay. Remember these are, these are all public documents. I'm, I'm not. I didn't get some super secret information, you know, handed through the back channels that didn't happen. However, this docket is docket uh, DKT TAC 53 BNSF opposition BLET, blah, 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 blah. You can find a lot of these on Bill's website. That'll be down in the description. Check that out. But I want to show this to you guys. Let me bring this up here. Make sure it's showing. 
So over here on this docket, I'm going to zoom in here real quick. This, from what I can tell, this is a lawyer and I have Bill go over this. So in this docket, this lawyer's making this introduction and everything. And initially I was pretty pissed off because he's comparing us, the unions and the members to Don Quixote. All right, guys, if you don't know who Don Quixote is, many literature, you know, scholars just feel that Don Quixote period was one of the best literary works in human history. All right. It's a great read is done in the early 1600s. Anyways, he he's comparing us to Don Quixote and silly saying, you know, he never prevails, but there's a sad nobility in his idealistic persistence. And then these guys go on to say things, you know, talking about there's sad nobility in his idealistic principles or persistence. And then they go on to say the unions in this case, BLT and Smart TD, are on their own Kyotiak quest. Guys, come on. That's actually an insult to Don Quixote. I mean, I, I don't, this seems like a reach to me. Like, hey, they, they've been slapped around a little bit and now they're over here trying to, trying to pick a fight, try to get people riled up. And their, their whole argument in this stupid thing is they've never prevailed yet. They continue tilted this windmill time and time again. Basically, they're saying what we're standing up for is useless and pointless. And there's a reason I'm bringing all this up. And you can, like I said, you can find this whole document, you go through it. But the message Bill has and what we're going to talk about, I want you guys to see parts of this because I don't want anybody just flat out losing their shit. That's not going to serve any purpose. Here's why. We're going over, over that here in a little bit. The result has been decades of wasteful and repetitive litigation that inevitably serves as a pointless prologue to arbitration. And with a few, and he's already admitting that as he goes through these things, there's going to be a few embellishments necessary to address any new assertions by the unions. So they're already saying like trying to downplay that they've been lying this entire time. That's my take on it. So look, we're going to get bill on here. We're going to cover a whole bunch of stuff. This guy's been hard at work disseminating everything um and to figure out the who what when where and why and guys he's upgraded his audio equipment his computer like this guy has put in some effort to make sure you guys can hear his thoughts and opinions on these things so here we go mr bill can you hear me i can hear you can you hear me all right you sound loud and clear and you look good bill you look real good. My everything looks great, minus that big old pile of snow in the back, and you can keep that up there in Minnesota. No problem. All right. What would you like me to address first? Well, the Don Quixote what, thing. I could I could start with that. Where are we at? All right. Here's where we are. Uh, if you look at all of the different motions that have been made, the court is coming up now. Uh, with needing to make a decision on the positions of both BNSF, they want an injunction, a permanent injunction, preventing a strike or any self-help, uh, and they want the court to decide that uh, the whole high-vis imposition, the unilateral imposition, 
is a minor dispute and can only be uh, uh, control, decided or dealt with in arbitration. That's the BNSF position. The unions okay. have now done an excellent job of filing new uh, motions of their own, asking for an injunction themselves and asking for other relief from the court that we discussed the other day. Uh, there's been a flurry of new uh, briefs that have been filed just in the last few days. And BNSF, I think, has a chance to file one more response. I don't expect it to be much, uh, I think, on the 11th. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> if the hearing goes forward on the 14th, We'll have to wait and see what the judge is going to decide. But uh, essentially what he's got to decide is, first, uh, uh, of course, is this whole imposition of the high-vis policy isn't a major or minor dispute on the Railway Labor Act. Okay, that's where we got started at. Is this major or minor? Well, and, and, and what that essentially means is if it's a minor dispute, uh, generally... Uh, everything should be decided in arbitration. But okay. there are some exceptions to that, and those are really important in this case. And I'll, I'll cover them first here because that's how, even if the court were to decide this is a minor dispute, uh, the court could also decide to uh, uh, prevent BNSF from imposing high-vis, in fact, make them revoke it until all the arbitration is complete. Right. That's okay. really important because uh, BNSF just wants everything focused on major and minor. And the reason they keep talking about Don Quixote in that whole little cute thing they wrote at the beginning is try to put in the court's head, hey, BN or the unions have tried over and over again, just like Don Quixote, going up charging against the same windmill every time and every time they get defeated. What's different here? And why they put that quote in is the unions have now put two, at least two, major new issues that the court's got to struggle with that makes this different from any other ones they've done before. And that's the issue of uh, uh, the interference with local chairmen trying to represent their members, which right. destroys the Railway Labor Act and uh, FMLA. And then there's obviously yeah. other things that go beyond that. Those two things are what the BNSF is calling statutory violations. And the gist of it is this. If, the, if BNSF is saying uh, they got a right to, to uh, uh, under high vis to break the law on either FMLA or break the back of the Railway Labor Act to destroy, right. uh, you can't negotiate those things because they're illegal. An yeah. example that was put in one of the briefs was something like, that'd be as stupid and as illegal as, as BNSF trying to say black people can't have vacation days. That would obviously be, be illegal discrimination, right. and you can't even negotiate it. And right. that's what the unions are saying is that these two issues are so important. It doesn't matter whether you call them major or minor. Who gives a heck on that? It's illegal to do them. So yeah. and there may be other ones too. So, so in ahead. the summary of that is that, you know, we started off this whole thing back as a major minor thing, and it has evolved into this very 
I mean, I almost want to say historically complex railroad court case. Like we, there's never been anything really in the courts like this before, has there? Not like this, because in, in looking back at all of the, the different court cases, and the one I got in front of me here is the one everybody keeps citing to, which is a United States Supreme Court case of Consolidated Rail Corporation versus Railway Labor Executives. That's the one that everybody keeps calling the Conrail test. The Conrail, yeah. In this, in this whole situation. But what I uh, noticed reading on page 20 of the opinion is that um, the court notes uh, that they're talking about uh, um, cir cir or circuit number one, expressing the view that a union might be able to enjoin changes in working conditions if it would be impossible otherwise later to make the workers whole. What that means, and, and then there's uh, essentially they're saying it's irreparable harm to, to force arbitration. So let's say that uh, somebody's got a FMLA claim and they're afraid to use it because of BNSF's policy. Right. If, if uh, this case goes to arbitration, how can the arbitrator fix that problem? If the, if the, if the member wasn't able to be home with his or her mom or dad or sick child, you can't replace that time. You can't make them whole. Money doesn't do it. Yeah. Nothing replaces it. So Makes that's sense. why this is not, whether you call it major or minor, it's a big deal. Same thing with the union representation. They, the, the BNSF says, well, there's lots of other local chairmen. Just switch out and have another local chairman cover for you. Two problems with that. Every local chairman has to make the same dang uh, personal choice yeah. of whether or not he can afford to use the days and points uh, problems uh, personally or whether to do it for his member, which is not allowed. And secondly, there's differences in different local chairmen. You might have somebody that was just elected and he or she might not know as much as an old head local chairman. Right. And, they, and I've seen local chairmen switch off in situations like that to get somebody with a little more experience in there. Right. That, right. Well, those are two good arguments on that. Okay. So we got, we got lots of ponies in this race going on right now. Like there's these unions have, have really stepped up to the front lines right here where we're at right now. The briefs that I've seen recently by the two unions, I've said it before are absolutely excellent. And uh, any member should be proud of these briefs. Uh, and I really mean it. And you know I criticize anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. But these are damn good briefs. They're doing their job as good as you could ask for. Now, the question is, what is this judge going to do with that? And, yeah. there's, and, and we could talk a little bit about that because I like to think that any federal judge, no matter what their personal bias or background is going to want to uphold the law. Now, um, uh, and Judge Pittman's no dummy. I've looked at his background. He's got a heck of a background. I might not have the same political or, you know, background, but one of the things that is a little disconcerting is he recently had an opinion that came out on January 14th of this year. Uh, 
and it was a case involving smart and uh and uh uh, uh it's it's terrible because uh uh and it's bnsf and this judge our judge ended up deciding that uh this was a minor dispute on the issue of let's see what that one was about that was the one about uh whether or not the uh, BNSF could require its road service employees to use company vehicles in performance of their duties. Right. The only reason I get a little nervous about it is as I read the decision, it's almost like a blueprint of what he could argue against us in this case. But the good news is the union lawyers have done such a good job in their new briefs that I think this judge is going to have to listen even though he wrote this other opinion a month ago. Now oh, that's Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to get you there. I lagged a little bit, Bill. Okay. Um so what he was saying that is of concern, which is what the railroad keeps arguing, yeah. is uh he wants to say um he's he's arguing that uh uh here's how he looks at it. If a a proposed action creates a minor dispute if the action is arguably justified, I hate that term, and we'll get into it, and it comes from Conrail, and I got to tell you in a minute why they're misapplying that U.S. Supreme Court case. It's really important to know the facts and background of that because all of these bad decisions are based on a bad set of facts that went to the Supreme Court. I'll get there in a minute. Okay. Anyway, he's, he's talking about that, and then he says... Uh, if the action is arguably justified by the terms of the party's collective bargaining agreement, well, then it's a minor dispute. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about where that comes from. Again, that's from this Conrail case, the U.S. Supreme Court case. And what's really important about that is lawyers say this, bad facts make bad law. Now, what happened in the, in the Conrail case is this is a question of whether or not Conrail could uh, um, test their employees for cannabis or whatever when they did medical exams. This is after all the new changes were coming right, on with, right. with, you know, in 84. I think this was a, it was a, a 1989 case. So, you know, it's percolating up after that. Right, right. But the court had to stretch to somehow make things work under the Railway Labor Act. And so they carved out all these little exceptions to make it possible for the railroad to stop people that are high on drugs or, or loaded from working. And if you look at that as the factual basis, then it makes some right. sense. See, what's happened, and I call this, by the way, um, and, and when you look at uh, more recent cases that the railroad cites, like... Um, the Union Pacific case in the, in the, um, um, that was uh, last year. Um, and what the court there ended up saying uh, is that they couldn't see any way that the union could distinguish their case from the Conrail case. Well, I call BS on that. Here's what I'm getting at. If you look at the facts of our case here today, we're not talking about things in the public interest, like not having conductors or engineers going down the track high or loaded. 
Right, right. Public, and I call that the passing the smell test of public interest and common sense. So the court had to do what they did in Conrail because the public and anybody else would say that's what should be. Now, on the contrary, when you're telling people they got to go to work when they're fatigued or sick or have COVID, uh, give up their FMLA rights or you can't uh, uh, protect your uh, yeah. your members, that's obviously, again, that doesn't pass the smell test of either right. fairness or public interest. Yeah. And so if you look at things that way, that's what re- how this stuff should really be analyzed. And okay. So what they did is they tried to say, well, we're going to come up with implied contractual terms, all that other BS. But it really comes down to what are they really doing here? Yeah. So with that in mind, we're, we're in this fight. Our unions have made some really great plays coming up here into the future. Um, so have we heard anything? We know the TRO got extended. That was to be expected. That's actually a positive deal because that means this judge is still keeping the time out there to evaluate every single aspect of this whole deal. And I so, agree. I agree and with that. so with that said, I'm not, I, I personally am not upset by the extension that actually, if anything reassured me quite a bit. So with that said, um, the next deal is the evidentiary hearing. Is, is, is do we know if that's a hundred percent sure going to happen or? It's on the it's on the court's calendar. Okay. Uh, I have not, and maybe the judge just in a phone call with the lawyer said, "I'm going to have a hearing." Okay. I don't know that. You know, there's right. there's that's one thing I don't know. One way or another. There have been so much, there's been so much paperwork and affidavits and uh, legal stuff filed. There's more than enough for this judge to make an informed decision. And I'd say this also, by the way, um, as a lawyer, I have to think of how anything could go wrong and prepare for it like a game of chess. And we all want to be prepared right now. If I was that judge, I'd be thinking, how am I going to write an opinion that is legally justifiable, makes sense, and, uh, you know, passes the smell test, as I called it. Uh, Whatever he writes is subject to appeal. And I've dug out some of the Fifth Circuit cases to see how they've ruled in the past on some of this. And we have, even though it's not the most liberal jurisdiction, as you know, living in Texas. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But, uh, hey, We've got a decent chance at this. And even if for some reason the judge rules against us, I want everybody out there to know it is not time to give up. It's not time to, uh, you know, head for the hills and and take your uh, survival kits and everything out there and all the other goodies we would all take out if we had to. Right. Uh, Because there's a lot of other things that can be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I again, that's part of the playbook. I don't want to share with the the carrier, uh, but exactly. I've been preparing for it just in case because I've got lots of people saying, "Bill, what can I do about this? What can I do about that?" And I've said to almost every one of them, "Let's see what the judge does." Right. 
So two two deals right here that I wanted to touch on the, what you kind of said here is, you know, you, you keep mentioning Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit. Um, can you break down, let's say, because Gabriel I th- uh, Hinkle right here asked a question just now, and I think it's a good question. I think it it ties in with, you know, you mentioned last stream, you know, if we might have had a different set of, you know, previous court cases for things to be ruled by if we did in ninth or whatever. And you kind of broke down how that just briefly that process worked. Um, Gabe Hinkle asked, why does Pittman get so many BNSF cases? I think I've seen five all rolled in favor of BNSF. Does that go into the whole fifth circuit and where they filed kind of deal that you've mentioned at before? Cause I mean, there's gotta be a process to it. The process is what we call the race to the courthouse. And what that means is when an issue comes up, when for a company as big as BNSF, that is in so many different states and so many different, all through the United States, this could have been filed in a bunch of different places. But by BNSF moving first, they picked Texas. Now, they actually went over to Dallas first and then got moved over to Fort Worth. But it's still in in the federal court system in Texas. They've got different divisions. But the federal court system in Texas is what's called the the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Like I said, I believe there's 11 of them. And, uh, And there's different decisions that control what district judges can and can't do. They have to follow the presidential decisions in their circuit. So that's why you got to look and see what the Fifth Circuit has ruled on this stuff. And we've actually got, I believe, a Fifth Circuit case. Right. That, um, you know, that's yeah. one of the ones that was cited here. Yeah. And I've noticed that mentioned before. So that's basically why, you know, people are saying, well, he's ruled or other judges in this per- particular circuit have ruled a certain ways because they follow the previous precedent set forth from other cases, correct? Yes, yes. Well, okay. like I'm looking right now at a case uh, from the Fifth Circuit called Association of Professional Flight Attendants versus American Airlines. And uh, this is one that uh, they're talking about uh, all, many of the same types of issues. And one of the things that was really important, what what that was about, is uh, these flight attendants wanted to wear a little button uh, Mm -hmm. that that had a a red stripe going through it on on some issue that uh, was favorable to their union. And because their union had negotiated rules about what they could and couldn't wear on their uniform, even their free speech rights were taken away. But what 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 the court said that'll help us which is from the Fifth Circuit, um, is about what we call status quo. And status quo is keeping what's in place while you're waiting. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that uh, uh, of, of when what the Fifth Circuit says is when federal courts can intervene in minor disputes, again, uh, this is on uh, page four of that decision, is limited to circumstances where the employer's conduct has been motivated by an anti-union animus where there is discrimination or coercion against the representative or where acts of intimidation cannot be remedied by administrative means. That is exactly what I was just talking about of 
how by administrative means through an arbitrator are you going to repair the damage done uh, with right. that high vis is doing if we got to wait months or even years for this to get right. done? That's why this case actually helps us. Good deal. Well, that's, you know, the complex, you know, I've said this before time and time again, the complexities bill of the legal system, no matter what court case it is, this case, some other case, NS, CSX, they're complicated as hell, man. Like there's so many different moving parts. You know, now I understand when people come in, you know, when Taylor and I were working on the ambulance and we were working in the hospital, things like that. And we're talking to people, we're throwing around all these medical terms and we look over and somebody's like, I understood nothing of what you just said. That's how I feel trying to dig in to, to this legal stuff. So Bill, I really appreciate you breaking it down. So let me ask you this. This is a question somebody asked me and wrote into the channel. Do you, what is the possibility the TRO gets extended again? I think it may happen. It may. And here's how, not that I want it to happen, but look, the question is, can this judge get an opinion written and decided between February 14th and February 22nd? That's not a lot of time for something this big. Okay. So with that said, if, excuse me, wow. If I'm understanding you right, the TRO will be extended essentially long enough as needed for the judge to make his ruling on the injunctions and the major and minor. Is that correct? I believe that's what will happen. Obviously it doesn't have to, but that's, that makes the most sense. Right. Okay. All right. So that, if that happens, that's still not necessarily anything to blow a lid over. That is something saying, Hey, the, the wheels are at work here. Yeah, it things, is. It, it's, things are being evaluated and examined and studied. Like that's a good thing for us. As long as this is still being examined, it's not open and shut. As long as we don't lose, it's a good thing for us. Right. Uh, right I'd much rather have a TRO get extended than the court say, I don't have time for the, you guys lose. Right. Right. And that's the only, that's where we sit. Unfortunately, that sucks for people out there that are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives, with their careers and everything else. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But if I, again, as I've said before, don't make career decisions till you know what the first battle here is going to be decided. Right. All right. Well, that's, that definitely simplifies the whole, the whole deal. And, you know, it, it seems like more and more um, information is coming down the line. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is another topic that I've seen just kicked around and talked about all the time. So I'm, let's let's pretend you're the union, Bill. And I say, I want to know what your game plan is going into this next court case. Are you going to tell me? From, from a lawyer... From a lawyer's perspective, if I and I'm and I'm a member, and I ask you for the game plan for what's about to go down, are you going to let me know exactly what's going down? Uh, I might give you an overview. Uh, it, it all depends on what you want to tell people. Uh, I wouldn't. It, it there's so much that goes into it. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna make an argument they haven't seen, or I know of a, or yeah. we've got a certain number of affidavits that I don't want them to be able to counter 
or think about right away. I wouldn't tell them that. But lawyers, we all ought to be able to read the law. We all know what's right. supposed to happen. It's just a matter of who puts the spin on it. Well, uh, I guess I guess what I'm getting at here, Bill, is it seems I've noticed a lot of people upset that they don't have a play-by-play coming down from either one of the unions. And I'm kind of of the mind you don't show your playbook to the enemy. Uh, depends. What I think will happen because of all this, uh, you said the BLET's got this new web page, and I think it's great also. Oh, it's gorgeous. The more communication that general committees, general chairman, and union presidents can have with their members, it wouldn't be that tough to put out an email every other day and just say, here's what's going on. Tell them a little bit. Tell them what's going on. I mean, they're going to have to decide if they can't have time, resources, yeah. and everything to do that. But communication in this age that's so easy should be done. Um, and as I think I said to you earlier today, I think from this point on, there's going to be a lot of other fights to fight. Like there, I, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And I think, you know, I take it as a very positive sign. I've seen more information coming out of the smart side. We we've seen more information start coming out of the BLET side. I mean, heck they just redid their entire damn webpage. That's not cheap nor easy to do. I mean, that's, that's a big thing right there, especially for a nerd guy like me. Now I, you know, I don't even have the access to the member side. I mean, I'm not an engineer. I'm not BLET, but just navigating that homepage made so much more information easier to access and read to know what those guys are doing. Well, another thing you that know. might be an idea for both unions to consider is to have a private page of suggestions that could go to general chairman or associate general chairman or the president on certain issues so that there'd be a private way to say, hey, what about this? What about that? Have you considered actually this? Have you considered that? Yeah, I actually know that they have. Uh, I, I know from both sides are reading every single email that comes into that office, even if they don't get to reply to them, they're seeing them. Um, and I've known quite a few people that I've told sent them their way and say, "Hey, drop these emails in a suggestion box, whatever." And then a couple of days later, they actually hear back. So I know I know these things are getting read and they're getting seen, but I also know they're getting an astronomical amount of emails a day. Um, I believe that. But as you said, hey, nobody's perfect. No, and, and, no. And we'll all learn from stuff. But, you know, maybe in the future when these battles come up, uh, if someone's able to suggest, hey, why don't we play offense and sue in a court other than you asked before, why is everything in front of Judge Pittman in, in that courthouse? Well, BNSF wins the race to the, to the courthouse. No. Maybe the unions ought to consider if something's going to go that way, file their own damn thing somewhere else just to have a chance to get a different judge. I'm not criticizing. I'm saying, yeah. trying to answer your question. So David uh, Manning here asked a good question. And I know this is going to be kind of speculation and opinion based here, but I still think it's a good question. So in realism terms, realistic terms, do you think we'll, we'll see a ruling by the end of the month? I don't know. Um, I think this judge knows enough about what's going on. He knows how big this issue is. He's kept his calendar 
uh, that date open and federal courts are really clogged nowadays because of COVID and everything. I'm hoping we, I'm hoping we see it before the 22nd. Uh, I think he, he'll know, but after, as soon as the hearing's done, how he wants to go on the 14th. And then he's just got to find, he and his clerks got to write up a good opinion, justifying it so they could get it done. And I think this should be a high priority. So I'm hopeful it doesn't do any good to wait forever. And who knows, explosive things could go that really could affect, you know, our, our transportation system. Yeah. If this thing waits forever. Good deal. So we just really don't know. I mean, it could be then and it could be longer. So we just really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I wish I could tell you a date, but judges don't run by dates. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they uh, do their thing. And honestly, I'd rather get this guy take extra time and make the best decision possible versus hurrying through it. That's just my personal opinion on it. So, well, Bill, we're going to close up this update tonight. Um, actually, you know what we'll do? I'll we'll leave this open for about five more minutes. I don't want to try to go an hour long. Guys, subscribe to the channel real quick. If you want to ask Bill a question, go ahead and type it in the channel. We'll take a few questions before we get going here. Um, and But just remember, you have to be subscribed to the channel. And not to mention, guys, that helps us out tons and tons and tons and tons. Also, click that notification bell. That lets you know when we up so upload something or set up a uh, live stream. I'm going to go through the comments here real quick, uh, Bill. See if we have any good questions here. Let's see here. I hope everybody's doing good. And guys, you know, like I said, I went to my union meeting last night, and it was it was absolutely awesome. It's been a long time since I've been to one, and um. You know, like Gregory Hines was saying, man, that guy couldn't say a whole lot, but what he did say, man, he was excited about because, you know, he, he was telling everybody, you know, union is in this fight. They're ready to rock and roll. And, uh, he wish he could say more and I don't blame him. I mean, at this point in the game, you know, you, you got, you got to keep your secret secret. So the other, the other team doesn't know what's going on. Tilla has a statement here. My opinion, don't quit. Don't quit. Get fired. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do you think about that statement right there, Bill? Of a mass lawsuit or a class action or something like that? Yeah, he says, don't on... he says don't quit. Get fired. And I'm no, pretty sure. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, what you look. I know what advice I would give to individuals if they are, if, if this system's going to get them fired, if you don't do things the right way, dot the I's and cross the T's, you don't have a claim to sue somebody. Nobody wants to get fired, but if it's going to happen, talk to somebody like me before it happens and dot your I's and cross your T's. Then you might have rights that you might not otherwise have. I got one other thing I'd like to put out here. If okay. I and I think this is because I assume the lawyer's uh, for the unions will be listening to this, they probably know this already, but in that same Fifth Circuit case that I cited before, uh, the flight attendants, American Airlines one, uh, on page five it says, uh, uh, in fact, it is accepted that as long as there is fair representation, a union may bargain away any of its members' rights. Now, 
that sounds bad as it is, but this goes to the whole idea of implied uh, uh, union uh, contract parts where they're saying the union didn't fight things over the past 20 years. Listen to this. This is the Fifth Circuit saying, the only exception to this wide range of bargaining power is that a union may not surrender rights that impair the employee's choice of their bargaining representative. That So lawyers for the union, if you're out there listening, argue this to the court. Because even if you say past practice, even if you could say everything else, and even if the court were to somehow say, oh, because of past practice, this is a minor dispute, no yeah. way does that take away the key rights uh, right. to uh, of of the individual, okay. and that's the Fifth Circuit saying it. That's yeah. law there that that judge must follow. All right. Well, that is good to know. So, all right. <laughs> I want to hear that. <laughs> so here, I got some good questions and statements here. I want your feedback on. We'll go through these really quick, and then we'll wrap this up, Bill. So is his easiest route canceling high vis and forcing mediation upon both parties? Just quick answer on that one. Maybe not canceling. What it would be is it would be uh, stopping it until there's a decision. But then I think the answer wouldn't just be mediation. I think he's got to say good faith mediation or, or whatever else, uh, because otherwise we're going to be right back where we were. Right. Okay. It's a good, good perspective on that. Do you think BNSF regret, man, I cannot talk tonight. Do you think BNSF regrets being so restrictive on this new point system, considering all the negative press they've received thus far? Yes. And I think they also didn't think the unions were going to fight back like they are. I think they assumed it'd be just like what happened with UP and everything else. They'll go through the motions, they'll do stuff, and then they'll go home and say they tried. The unions are fighting more this time. And this has a chance of winning and turning around the whole damn way that these uh, that the system works. Good deal. All right. Now, this one's from my wife. She's been talking about this all day. I obviously don't know legal talk, but does the carrier's injunction feel a little juvenile with the coyote remarks like they're trying to gaslight? No. Uh, I tell you what. He, what they're doing... Because if you read that judge's opinion in the other case from earlier this year, he quoted Yogi Berra. This guy likes stuff like that. And so they're playing to the judge a little bit of trying to make it interesting. And you know what? Everybody remembers it. And what's going to stick in their okay. head or the clerk said when they're making the decision is these guys are just Don Quixote, same old, same old. What the lawyers need to emphasize is it's not same old, same old. This has new, important, huge legal right. issues in it that have not been discussed or decided before. All right. So, uh, Joseph, um, you know what? This one is right up your alley, and so I'm going to send it your way. Bill, do you only represent potential clients from your state or system-wide? <laughs> I've been in every state in the union practicing railroad law. I've been in Hawaii, and I don't know, I haven't had anybody in that little pineapple railroad. No, I go everywhere in the country, always have. Uh, Good deal. And it costs nothing more to hire me if I end up working with you than it does the guy next door. Good deal. All right, Mr. Zach coming in with a big one here. What is your response to the comment 
in the response that the FMLA section is an individual issue and does not make the attendance policy a major dispute and that the individual would need to sue. You and I were talking about this earlier and this tactic of making this statement. The, uh, whether individuals, uh, individuals do have the right to pursue their own claims, but we're talking about a contractual, uh, a collective bargaining agreement where the railroad's saying we want to violate the FMLA. And they're saying to the judge, judge, just send us to arbitration and let's see if we can get it done. When it comes to FMLA rights, you can't bargain them. They, they exist and they're not up for bargaining, period. That's like I said before, that's like saying uh, the railroad wants to bargain that black people can't have holidays. If it violates the law, it's bullshit. All right. And not legal. Sorry for that term. No, no, it's bullshit's bullshit. There, there's no, There's no going around it. It is what it is. Well, Bill, I appreciate you coming by tonight. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be talking again. I appreciate you taking your, your, some of your free time. I know you're staying on top of all this guys. Bill's website is linked in the description below and go and check it out. He's constantly posting these documents guys. Even if you don't know legal speak, I don't know legal speak. This has been a learning process. Go read those documents. Go see for yourself. These are public documents, and Bill and some other people are putting these on their web pages for you to go and see. Guys, educate yourself on what the carriers and the unions are doing, and you you will find a lot of answers to your own questions. Bill's hanging around, and so are a lot of guys in the chat to help break some of this stuff down. So, Bill, thanks again for coming out tonight. I really appreciate you. Um, we'll catch you, oh, Bill, on the next one. You have a good I wish one. everybody the best and hang in there, folks. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. There we go. Thanks, Bill. So, guys, again, thanks for Bill coming on the show tonight. We're going to wrap things up here. Now, guys, there's a new FRA um, survey that's going on. I took it earlier. It was sent to me by Smart. It's linked in the description below. If you are a current conductor, trainman, engineer, Go take that survey, survey, man. I really can't talk tonight. Take that survey and uh, give it a whirl, okay? Guys, also go check out BLET's new website. I, I really can't brag on that thing enough. It's awesome. Guys, thanks again for showing up. Hit subscribe. Help get these videos out there. Share them. Uh, here in a little bit, you'll be able to access the audio version of this over on Spotify and RSS America. If you need anything at all, reach out, leave comments, questions, complaints, concerns, hit, the, hit that little notification bell down in the right-hand corner so you, when you, know, you know when we go live and things like that. Thanks again, guys. You guys were awesome. Y'all have a great night.